What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. We are ready for another edition of Locked on ACC. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every single day. we got to go over a couple things. Clearly, ACC news was nice and popping this morning. We've got so much to go over. Tuesday, we woke up feeling like everything was going to be a regular day. But the next thing you know, we got coaches getting fired, talking about retirement. And we also have some drama on the basketball side. Let's bring AJ Black on and let's discuss a few of these matters. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As I mentioned, AJ Black in the building from Locked On Boston College. He covers the Eagles each and every single day. We've got a lot to go over here since AJ texted this morning about things that we recovered because, of course, we knew it was going to be a wild one. So let me tell you about the first story because this is, of course, from the man who's had a lot to say about this coach, Coach Fuente <laughs> from Virginia Tech. He has been let go, the head coach for their football squad. They have mutually agreed to part ways, which is interesting because I guess you kind of, you know, have a nicer way of saying fired. And some people are like straight up fired, got to go. Some people part ways. So maybe it was amicable. Who knows? But the trend was not looking great for Justin in terms of where he was leading this team after having a really hot start. 10 wins. You're coming off that Beamer era. People are feeling like you're going to be the next in command. You're going to keep things rolling. And it just hasn't been that way. I would love to ask you, AJ, did you see this coming? One, but two, what do you think went wrong in Blacksburg? You know, um, I didn't see it coming this week. I've said all along that I thought Fuente would make it uh, till next year. I thought this would be the end for him. And uh, his loss at Boston College last week, and I thought was basically the nail in the coffin. Just team did not play well they just didn't look as physical as i said last week um but it surprised me that you that virginia tech would make a move so quickly because if they waited i think until december 1st they could have saved themselves 2.5 million dollars yeah it made no (laughs) sense that they did that the only thing that i the only reason i can make in my head is that they know exactly who they want and they want to be proactive mm. about it and get them before some, you know, there's already 12 openings in FBS schools. They want to be really proactive and get the guy that they're looking for. That's a great point. Now the Hokies went 43 and 31 under Fuente's time there and are currently five and five on the season. And like you mentioned, want to get a head start maybe with recruits and head coaching and who's going to be the next fit and trying to get that December 15th deadline seems to also be something that's now triggering people to pull it. But as we just talk about coaches in general, I know a little bit later in the show, we're going to bring up Duke and coach cut situation, but I would like to think about, you know, paying people to not coach period (laughs) like buyouts are insane to me the fact that I'm getting paid millions of dollars to not come back to not do any work I'm not saying it's a bad gig but it seems like a lot of stress if you are a coach's family and having to uproot and all of those types of things like just can you talk a little bit about the lifestyle and do you how do you kind of make sense of this whole buyout thing that we've currently seen kind of in this new college football era? Yeah. It's so funny. You brought that up, Candace, and this is not an ACC coach now, but it was, it totally made me think of a coach that just got hired. Jim Mora jr. Who just got hired by UConn. Yep. Um, he is like the perfect example of this buyout. You know, he uh, was the coach of the Atlanta Falcons and then got fired and then sat at home and just sat out on the buyout for a couple of years 
Then he got uh, he went to UCLA, had a couple good years, and then yeah. fell apart. Got the buyout again, sat it all out. Now he's back. He's I think he just ended his buyout uh, money from the Bruins. Now he's back in football again, and he'll probably get bought out again. I'm like, man, that is the life right there. Okay. Like, you, <laughs> if you can go out there and live the hectic college football recruiting life or the NFL life, and you know you stink, but you're one of the old boys. It's like the old boys stuff too. It's mm-hmm. always these guys that have been around and are recycled. They get these buyouts. They can continue doing it, and it, it's it says a lot about college football that they keep doing it. Um, mm-hmm. especially like a team like Virginia Tech. I just saw a stat. I think it was since since Fuente has taken over at Virginia Tech. I think they were second or third in the ACC and ACC wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. he's not been bad it's just right virginia tech wants to be what they were under beamer and i get that i mean yeah. he, did, he wasn't going to be that guy um but with these buyouts it's it's crazy like you have these boosters i'm assuming you know i i, I also think that might have been part of the reason they did it now is they probably had a rich booster that was like get him out um <laughs> <laughs> and let's get him out now um yeah. you get these boosters that are just throwing money around and it's forcing college teams to make decisions a lot faster i mean I don't have the stats in front of me, but it seems really early this year that there's so many coaches that have been fired. A hundred percent agree. And I think that also just with the shift with Babcock was talking about maybe not making the best hiring decision as an AD athletic director. But to me, it's like after a while, you got to kind of put your team where they're at and let's have an honest conversation. Let's just not throw the baby up with the bathwater already. Like let's give some, the man doesn't win 10, nine games you know, and magically just all craps the bed. Like, let's kind of navigate. I think the biggest thing in this situation, though, personally, was Hendon Hooker having so much success at Tennessee. And it's like Fuente doubling down on choosing Burmeister. It's kind of like you got to answer for that at some point. We had oh. the quarterback. <laughs> oh, totally. Like, so last year, it was for covering Boston College, there was one game that was brutal to watch as a as covering BC. You know, it was Virginia Tech. BC got smoked by the Hokies and it was because of Hendon Hooker he and yeah. I watched him and was like why are they why are they battling who they're gonna play because PC wasn't bad but they yeah. Hendon Hooker just roasted them and I was like that's a quarterback you can make a team around you can yep. build an offense around Hendon Hooker he, he's not a complete quarterback he's not like a guy's gonna beat you deep but there's been worse, worse quarterbacks that you can win a league with and I thought that when they let him go I was like that makes literally no sense and, you know, they benched him near the end of the season. Just it was it was really, really poor player management on that, mm-hmm. at least in that phase. Um, and I think it doomed him because Braxton Burmeister was definitely not a quarterback that's going to get you to the top of the coastal. Listen, ego is a hell of a drug and some people buy it every single time. But Hinden Hooker, like I said, you are clearly, especially with this being a quarterback's conference, we all know if you have someone great in the helm, you have a chance to win these games and honestly like you said the Boston College game was probably what put the nail in the coffin because for some people say a Boston College is not great and I think that you know speaks a lot to where the progress of Boston College is but also for the you know the old heads who said I can't believe we're losing to a team like Boston College probably was like all right Fuentes gotta go so who knows mm-hmm. what it ultimately was but we can only imagine there's more things to discover because then he's not the only one that's finding himself 
in a need of a job. We're going to talk about Miami here. There's some interesting things going on with their AD. But first, I want to remind you guys about Prize Pick. All of you college fans who are looking for the opportunity to get in on some daily sports fantasy, make sure you take the time to hit up prizepicks.com using promo code locked on. You can go on your app store or download on Google Play. Prize Picks lets you make some different projections. It's just between you and the projected numbers. All of the users that deposit, they can use that promo code again locked on with a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Even allows mixed sport entries. So you can do a little football, basketball action, whatever you prefer. Use this award-winning app with entries being made in 60 seconds or less because yes, it is that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal. So don't hesitate. Check out prizefix.com as prizefix is daily fantasy made easy. AJ Black joining me on the show today, and we are going over a lot of different things around the conference, a lot of important news as we talk about on the coastal side, Miami letting go of their AD, Blake James, two days after the football's FSU loss. Clearly, you can't lose to FSU. There's just a couple things that Miami, you can have an up-and-down season. You could have De'Aaron King end up not being the man, but you cannot lose to FSU, especially with how Tyler Van Dyke was playing. Now a lot of people are having that conversation. Is Manny Diaz on the chopping block because of a new potential athletic director? I would love to get your thoughts, AJ, as we have talked about Manny as well, being someone that could potentially go. You know, it it all depends on where the the new AD's brain is because hmm. as as someone who's for you know covering a program that that likes to see you know it's all about development at BC it's you know you got a program and you want to see them develop and you're seeing the development at, at Miami I know they lost to Florida State but I feel like they're going in they're developing a lot of young players they're developing um, a program I I honestly think I think he deserves at least one more year. And I don't know if they need to make changes around him, like, you know, some of the coordinators, if there's issues on the defensive side of the ball that they want to work on or anything like that. But I I still, I'm still, I'm on the Manny Diaz bandwagon now. I don't know. Okay. I like, I've liked how the team is kind of starting to find itself and no, they're not perfect. No, they mm-hmm. haven't played great. And yes, losing to Florida state is unforgivable, especially when I, I can't still can't believe that last play of the game. I didn't know that rule which is crazy. Um, (laughs) But you've got a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke and he's, he's progressing and he's a freshman. Mm -hmm. Like you might be able to do some stuff with him and you lose Manny Diaz. You never know what the new transfer rules will try Tyler Van Dyke say, yep, that's nice. I'm out of here. And then now you're back at square one and you're, you're back, you know, with Miami, it seems like they take one step back uh, forward and two steps back. If you fire Diaz, you could also lose your quarterback and then you're taking three steps back. So I'm not yeah. I'm not on board on a fire on this one. I think they need to, to to stick it through. And you know, it may not work, but I still think he deserves at least another year. I hundred I agree in the sense of you gotta have a prove it year, especially with the new AD. And like I think one of our Miami heroes, Ed Reed was talking about having some inner reflection, some internal let's step up. And I think that's what the players have done. We've seen it firsthand with Tyler Van Dyke and the rest of the squad defensively. They've done enough to beat two ranked opponents. You know, of course, you scratch your head at some of the losses, but Miami has absolutely put themselves in the conversation that, and they're still technically, you know, in this coastal race. But 
for me, it's more so let's take a step back and evaluate what has a coach done for a player? Have they made them better? Have they, you know, have players stepped up for coaches? And I think that's what we've kind of seen the players Mm -hmm. do for Manny. And maybe they like him more than they're giving on or they want to try harder for him or they're disappointed in themselves for not getting things done. So I don't know if it's an X's and O's issue. Like they're not executing what he's saying because it's too difficult or not, you know, whatever. They can't get their assignments. Or, you know, he's just not the guy for this and they need to go ahead and find someone elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure either. I don't know. Like, it, there's so much with coaching and, like, you know, just, you know, as we kind of sit back and observe the conference, you, you see th- things here and there, but you don't get to see what's going on in the locker room, what the coaching staff looks like at practice, things like that. Right. And that could be a big issue and we don't know about it. And the new AD could go in and go, whoa, okay, this is an <laughs> issue. We got to fix this. Manny, you're gone. And in that case, you know, that's, that's, that's not something that I could say is the wrong decision to make. If that's what's going on, if, if it's not the the culture you want, but if it's, we're not winning enough, let's just make a change. We've seen this story play out at a bunch of schools like Miami and we don't, I'm sure the Miami fans listening to this uh, podcast do not want Miami to continue down their slope towards becoming the Nebraska of ACC football. (laughs) Yeah, you're absolutely right there. But, you know, last coaching story that we want to discuss here on the football side of things, the Blue Devils, Coach Cut, there have been rumors about retirement and some big decisions that are going to be having to have to make after the season. Of course, he is a you know, a staple to me of what Duke football has become in the sense that you even put them in the conversation that they could potentially upset teams. Like I remember there was a time when we didn't even think about Duke football. It was nothing. It was an easy win. But I think the way he turned the program around to make them a threat, to put them in bowl, you know, situations. But this season has definitely been one that you certainly want to throw away and never think about again. It's it's tough. But being outscored by like 177 points <laughs> is awful and Duke's defense allowed Virginia Tech to rack up 573 total yards that's Virginia Tech the team that we just saw let go of their coach right so the writing clearly is on the wall but for you for someone who's you know watched football for a long time do you think it's inevitable for him to retire and if so what kind of coach with all these different options out here would want to take a Duke job yeah I think I think he's got to go and, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, he's run his core, he's run his course. He's gonna, you know, he's a legendary coach and, mm-hmm. you know, he's done so many things, whether it was at Ole Miss or Tennessee or wherever he has had his time. Um, and then he came to Duke and he produced Daniel Jones and he produced other, you know, good players and got them into all these conversations. So his, his legacy at Duke is secure right. and he has done what he needs to do now. It's time he's even said it. I think you said it last week. Like he said that like he doesn't want to be there if he's going to be detrimental to the team or like mm-hmm. if the things are not going anywhere. And it seems like that's where it is. And so who do they go for? You know, I have a couple thoughts. I, you okay. know, you know, Duke is a t- they're in a conference where they're going to struggle. They're going to be yeah. in a you know where they're they don't ha- they're probably near the bottom in you know facilities. They're probably in the bottom of like recruiting. They're they're not. They're struggling there, but you know, do they go with a young coach that they can get from like a, a G five school? Can they get a, a, a up and coming coordinator like um, the coordinator at um, Marcus Freeman from Notre Dame? Like, get like a really defensive minded mm-hmm. coach and like be that like 
pit bull that's hard to beat in a conference full of offenses, right? You could do that. You could go for gimmick. I don't know. Maybe you go with um, the head coach of Navy. I I know his name has been floated around a lot and go with the triple option. You know, Georgia Tech did it for years and they got them everywhere. And it you can you can recruit that, you can recruit niche, you 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 can find your place in a conference if you do that. So there's a bunch of different ways they could go with this. I think it's just they just need to make that move, you know. Yeah. And you know, I think about Coach Healy from Charlotte and stuff like that. And maybe that's a nice stepping stone of where you're ultimately trying to be like no one everyone, no one feels like this is the pit or this is the final destination for any young coach, but it's definitely some one where you're about to start a season uh, with your first one being the same year as John Shire starts his first season in basketball. Mm-hmm. So y'all are going to kind of grow together. And of course, Shire's probably going to stay there until he doesn't want to, or he's pushed out, but at least you have the opportunity to kind of be in that storyline and that narrative yep. and get your team out there and how you recruit guys. I mean, hell, I was watching Monday night football or Sunday night football and you had Noah Gray, who was a great tight end at Duke ended up catching a touchdown, you know, with Patrick Mahomes. So it's not like they can't get, guys into the league right they absolutely can produce nfl talent we've seen it all the time but it's just a matter of how how you paint your story to come to duke and what you're trying to do when you get there but i do like that idea of freeman i think that that was a good one as well so it'll be interesting but it's definitely time for a change and i am going to the game on thursday night it'll be duke versus louisville and like while i say louisville's a great team i would love to see personally like let's just i'm all for so i'm a sucker for a good story typical girl mm-hmm. right <laughs> i want to see like let's go out on top let's have one one win yep. where we go walk away from like right let's have malik cunningham probably have like an off night let's just let's just give cut like his final home game or these seniors the final great one before it's all said and done so we'll have to see on that regard but the biggest story coming out of Duke is not Coach Cutcliffe, uh, surprisingly enough. I never thought I would see the day where I would have to talk about some of these wild things I'm going to hit you next with. But we've got to take a break here and mention NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing and your hats fall all over your eyes, is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade NetSuite to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With the visibility and the control of your financials, inventory, HR, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Wrapping up today's show here with AJ Black, Locked On Boston College. Make sure you guys check out all of his content. And listen, we are going to hit you with a story that I never thought I would have to talk about coming out of Duke. But apparently, there's some interesting stories with the players. One being Coach K's grandson, Mike Savarino, had a DWI after traveling in some of these back uh, streets of 
North Carolina, which let me tell you, them cops was always waiting back there, especially in those, you know, country towns. And they were going, I guess, on a Sunday at 1 a.m., got popped for running a stop sign. And he was with, you know, future NBA, probably top five draft talent, Paolo Banquero. It was just all things bad. Never thought I would see the day personally, because I don't hear a lot of bad stories out of Duke, but Paolo Banquero was charged with aiding and abetting a DWI, which everyone on Twitter was like, what the heck is aiding and abetting a DWI, which technically is a law in North Carolina where if you essentially pass the keys off or knowing a person is under the influence and you allow them to operate a vehicle, you can be charged with a crime. So he was later released but he was released at the scene, but Mike was charged and taken in, and he was eventually released on bond. So all that to say, in the final season for Coach K, this is not how you want to get things going. Yeah, I mean, and and to top it all off, I just looked on Twitter before we recorded, and Paolo Benchero was starting for Duke, Yep. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was a choice, um, especially when you're playing like Gardner-Webb. Like, you can make a decision to, like, you know, say this isn't appropriate. You're sitting at sitting in the first half. You know what I mean? Yep. You, like you're making choices like this and it's I'm not going to get on my, my preachy box here, but mm-hmm. you know, this, this is the kind of stuff that you see with the pros a lot. You see them making these stupid mistakes. Kids make mistakes. I'm not, not definitely not into discounting this because it's, it's dangerous. You do not like, I don't want to be out there with my kids if, you know, in risking hit, getting hit by someone who's drunk, yep. but, you know, you, you just, you got to keep, you know, if you're coach K and you're this program, you got to keep pushing to these kids, like, you know, ride services, take lift, take, you know, how, how expensive is it to take lift if you're going to go to a bar or go to a party or whatever like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for the pros, it's, it's ridiculous. Like you can just buy a, a car service and not have to worry mm-hmm. about it which seems like the best thing to do. I mean, I would, yep. do, I wish I had that, <laughs> you know what okay, I mean? Okay. I want a driver so badly. I want to get to that kind of wealth where I never have to drive. Trust yeah. me. So I go, go get some margaritas and not have to worry about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, with kids, it, it, it's bad. And then it, it just makes coach K look bad too. You know, it's his grandson. It's, you know, the situation right at the beginning of the year, it's supposed to be his big farewell tour. And then boom, you know, the thing that never happens to coach K this, you know, the off the court stuff, it's going to start to mire it. And now Benchero, who's supposed to be this, you know, great talent. He's going to have the shadow over him all season long because people are going to talk about it. And it's just going to make it a hard season um, with just, just and it's not going to be a hard season, you know, he's going to be playing and whatever, but it's just like for coach K, he doesn't need this crap. You know what I mean? Oh, I totally agree. For one, like, I'm glad they're both okay. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they were able to walk away. Always get Uber or Lyft. But more importantly, you can call an assistant coach. You can call a team manager. There are a lot of options for kids. There are athletes, I should say. But to that, if if anything did not scare you, if that Henry Ruggs situation did not terrify y'all, I don't know what will right like to me that was the biggest wake-up call for even my own personal life like okay you know what i'm saying as an adult who just lives in america who you know indulges in certain things like that was just one where like nope never again like that scared me straight if i ever had an issue of that sort or even my friends just no it's not worth it whatever but for athletes like you're not above reproach but having paolo play that makes it feel like he's above 
all of this. I don't that, know the situation. That just I felt, don't... <laughs> it felt bad. I like that felt yeah. icky. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you got to make a statement and it, and it doesn't even need to be like, cause it's aiding and abetting or whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need to bench him the whole game. If you don't want to, if like, that's what you're at, you're like, you want to give him a chance, but having an, an a, uh, you know, graphic design come out with him on it as yep. the starting five. It it makes you look really kind of bushy. It's ugly. You know, yeah, it's ugly. It's, it's tacky. And I think that like personally, I'm, you know, clearly a Carolina girl to in my bones. I'm not here to rag on the young men. I think at the end of the day, people are going to do that enough. That's not, it's not a rivalry thing. This is a human thing. Like you have right. to take yourself out of that and recognize these are young men who could have done extensive damage, not only to themselves, but someone else. But to me, you know, if Paolo was behind the wheel, would we be having a different conversation? Would he still be starting? Or is it because it's, you know, technically a guy who comes off the bench who probably barely even plays, let him take the fall, all of that, all those sort of questions start to run through your head. And I don't want you know, to, martyr anybody or make anybody's situation look worse but it's just one of those situations where poor planning is garner webb he shouldn't be to me he shouldn't be playing i think they need to resolve it and you know for record it's not coach k's decision in terms of what will happen to either player it goes to the president or the vice president they deal with affairs all that kind of stuff so for everyone who's like oh coach k is gonna ultimately make decisions he can't (laughs) and like i think he you know i know it's not the the law but he's gonna have to recuse himself because it's just clearly can't see this with the, the right kind of I and being someone from a military background, I'm pretty sure he's a no nonsense. And me personally, I'm like low key. Either Mike has got a story, a tell all on the way, or something like when he's 45, he's probably gonna like say like the, the grandson. He's probably got something he wants to let go with the family. Maybe he wanted to release himself. Who knows? Like there's mm-hmm. so many stories we can paint. But I think what it comes down to is we either gonna hold people to a certain standard across the board. Or we're gonna let shit fly, and I'm just gonna lose respect for you. <laughs> like it's gonna be one of those things, right? I'm, absolutely. I'm absolutely lo- low key losing respect for Coach K because as much as we have this vibe or whatever, you you see that there's not certain issues for a certain reason, and I respect that, right? I, I respect that you have some sort of standard that you hold these guys to, whatever, what have you. But in this situation, I don't care how good Paolo is; it's not acceptable. Right? Yeah, he's he's run a you know for all the winning he's done, he's run a relatively clean program and that's not yeah. something many good coaches can say. And Absolutely. so to, to let this happen in your last year and then to go out and just be like, nah, it's going to let him start. It's just, yeah. it's not a good look. It's not a good, not, look. not a good look, but we want to end with the high note. And at the end of the day, there's still a lot of football to be played a lot of long basketball season ahead of us. Maybe they'll figure things out and the muddy waters will become a little bit clearer. So We'll keep our eyes and ears peeled and, of course, report the news back to you here Locked on ACC at Locked on ACC. You can follow us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to follow AJ, please tell these folks where they can find you. I I had to go through this whole episode without mentioning Phil Dracovic once. Five (laughs) touchdowns. Great. The boy was killing it. He was killing it. And yeah. I, I'm starting. If you want to listen to my talk about how great he played and my starting to getting concerned that he's going to enter the NFL draft, uh, <laughs> check out Locked on BC. You can find us on Twitter at Locked on BC. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. And I am the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. I have all sorts of basketball and football stuff up there. I'm going to have on Locked on BC tomorrow. They play the Rhode Island Rams. I have my buddy Dave Viscoli who covers URI. Um, we'll be talking about that on the podcast. Talk about the 3-0 Boston College Eagles. Okay, 3 
we love to see it, and no doubt, a lot of good conversation tomorrow. I want to talk about Sam, so you'll have to join me. Sam Howell, I mean, Phil Dracovic in there as well. Week 12 preview as we go through that. We'll have Tyler Aki from Locked on Syracuse on the show. Make sure you guys come back. Thank you again for tuning in, and until next time.